Good morning, everyone. It is great to have you here. My name is Charles. I'm the lead pastor here. Just feels like the pandemic is passing us, and it, it's just great to see more and more of you come, and great to see you in person. It's been wonderful. Well, I, I'm going to start by talking about the tragedy that's happening in Ukraine. Last week, Elmi, our longtime member, she is actually from Ukraine. Her dad and her uncle are still there. It's just a horrible, horrible war going on. It's just amazing to see that in 21st century, we will see something like this that feels like uh, something from 100 years ago. Uh, Russia invading Ukraine, you, you see uh, terrible destruction, civilians getting killed, cities getting bombed. It, it's just incredibly heartbreaking. It's just so sad. Uh, my heart breaks every time I see the news on this. On the other hand, there's also like examples of amazing human kindness. I, I see reports of so many people driving hundreds and hundreds of miles from like Germany, from Central Europe, going to the border, trying to pick up the refugees, bring them back to their own homes, uh, people going out of their way to uh, help uh, people who are out there. That's been really amazing to see as well, right? It's like that, that, that tale of two cities line, right? Best of times, worst of times. It feels like the war can bring out the best of humanity as well as the worst of humanity, right? And so let's just spend a moment praying for Ukraine before we begin. God, we just lift up the situation in, in Ukraine. We ask that you would be at work uh, speaking to people's hearts, that you would be at work behind the veil, just bringing the best outcome that's possible. We pray for the war to end as soon as possible. We pray for people's safety. We pray for kindness in human hearts to come out that the better angels of our nature will prevail, that there will be peace and, 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 and a swift end to this tragedy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us in that. It just feels like we need to pray for this situation. Okay, so let's begin. Today we mark the start of the Lenten season. You've heard of Lent, yes? You may have seen people walk around with ash on their heads. Huh. Uh, uh, I didn't know what that was a long time ago when I was uh, 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 much, much younger. And uh, it was like, why do people have... <laughs> but it's the mark of penitence. It's the mark of the start of the Lenten season. It's six weeks leading up to Easter. That Christians that traditionally have used to prepare our hearts uh, for Easter, for resurrection, but to acknowledge the, the problems of this world, the problems in our hearts, in our souls, and, and to uh, use this time as a time of spiritual cleansing and pushing in and growing. At, 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 at the river in our church, we have used this time traditionally to push into prayer, push into faith, push into God, and we have really encouraged people to 
to pray during this time as well as fast. And throughout the years, we've just had many, many, many encouraging stories of people's feeling like their prayers are getting answered, people feeling like God is at work in their lives. But at the same time, we've also had many, many disappointments. Right? Let's face it. Let's be honest. Have you had an experience of praying and praying and asking God for something and getting disappointed? How many of you? I have. Like, pretty much everyone has, right? Let's just be honest and real. Like, you can really pray and pray and pray, and it doesn't happen. What are we to make of that? I don't know how have you, I mean, I, after the service, I would just love to hear how you have managed to, to address that issue. But why do so many prayers go unanswered? A have you ever thought about that? Why is it that prayers don't get answered? Some churches say it's because we don't pray hard enough. We don't pray in the right way. We don't believe in the right way. So when your prayer doesn't work, it's your fault, basically, right? There's something wrong going on with you. You're not righteous enough. You don't believe enough. You're not praying enough. You know what I'm saying, right? It's your fault. Well, I'm here to tell you today this is not true. That is not true. It is completely against the Bible's teaching. In the book of Job, the friends of Job come to him and, and tell him that he is suffering and his prayers are not getting answered because there's something wrong with him. He must have sinned. He must have done something wrong. He must not be believing right. He must not be praying right. They come up with everything you can think of. And God condemns them in the strongest terms possible. God makes that very clear. Reality is much more complicated than that. That's not the right way to think about it. So that's a good, that's, it's good to set that straight, right? But still, the question remains. Why should we pray when there's so much disappointment? I mean, what's the incentive? When you, when you pray and pray, put your heart out there, and it doesn't get answered, you can get really discouraged from praying again, right? Have you felt discouraged from praying again because your prayers haven't, right? I have. So what's the incentive? Well, today I hope to give some answers. Uh, this sermon series we are starting today for the next six weeks. Why should we pray when the chances are we will get disappointed? Because when you pray for a miracle, right, chances are <laughs> it's not going to happen. So why should we keep praying? And so we're starting a sermon series called Saying Yes to God's Invitation, hopefully to give some answers to that. The main idea of this series is that God is constantly speaking to us, inviting us towards life, towards joy, towards fruitfulness, towards unconditional love. 
And if we stop and listen, if we create room in our hearts and our minds to catch what God is inviting us into and say yes to that, the idea is that there will be good results. There will be more joy in your heart. There will be more life in you. There will be more love. There will be good things that come your way. So that's the incentive to play. Sounds good? So let's kick it off by looking at a passage I talked about last Sunday, but from another angle today. The book of John 15, verses 4 through 12, Jesus said to his followers, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. As the Father has unconditionally loved me, so have I unconditionally loved you. Now remain in my unconditional love. If you keep my command, you will remain in my unconditional love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his unconditional love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, unconditionally love each other as I have unconditionally loved you. Such a beautiful, rich passage. Last Sunday, I talked about remaining in God and unconditional love. I focus on that. Today, I want to focus on uh, remaining in God and prayers getting answered. That's another part of this passage that I haven't addressed last week, but I want to address today. Okay? So Jesus says he is the vine and we are the branches. God is in Jesus. Jesus is in God. We are in Jesus. God is in Jesus. We are all one, right? You look at that image, vine and the branches. It's all interconnected, right? And can you really tell where the vine begins and the branches end? And like, it's just sort of like, it's all one, <laughs> right? That's the image that Jesus presents. And this has an important implication and teaching about prayer. Because we commonly assume that God is up there in the heavens and we're down here, right? God is very far away. And we have to somehow make our request heard, right? We have to somehow do something, wheedle, bargain, do something to reach God's ears because God is so far away. And we have to somehow move God's heart. And if we manage to move God's heart, then God will act and move and something good will happen. That's how we think of prayer, right? E even in the Lenten season, when we are encouraged to fast, we can think of that as sort of like, just have to like make ourselves really deprived and get pain 
and more pain, the better it is. Because it's like we're putting like into God fund. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you put enough deposit into the God fund, you can bother God enough, and then God will somehow move and something will happen. Come on, right? That's kind of how we think about things, don't we? It's like doing something painful so that something good will happen. But that's not how Jesus describes it here. There is a, a deep connection between God and us. We are, God is not so far away, is, right? God is not somewhere where we have to like move God. There is like immediate connection. God is right there. God is right there. Right beneath you. It's as if God is at the root and, and the source of all our being. And this is actually what the Bible teaches consistently. God is what, you know, in God we have our being and move in God. That we are right there. God is enabling all of our life and giving life and, and, and ability to all of us right there. It's like in Genesis 1 when God said, let the earth produce fruit. God the vine is constantly inviting all the branches, we, to produce good fruit. But it's up to each branch to produce fruit, right? It's, uh, there is a choice. Each branch can stay connected to God and, and get good fruit produce good fruit or they can say no go their own way and wither away jesus makes that very clear right i mentioned at the beginning of the service about ukraine like putin and russia can like choose to cause destruction and others can come and and like out of the kindness of human heart like rise up and like do amazing things to help other human beings. Like everybody's making their choices. Some can choose to cause destruction and others can choose to cause life to flourish. I, it's not as if God is like making things happen. Some of us think that way. God is causing and making everything to happen as if we are all puppets. And there is no agency. There is no choice. We have no part to play. God is the one just making everything happen like it's a play. But that's not how Jesus describes it here, right? I mean, God is the vine enabling all of our life. And so one could say God is behind all things. Yes. But we are also responsible for our choices. There's a partnership. We can choose one way or another. And depending on that choice, different things happen. So one way to describe this process is God invites and we respond. God is at the root making it possible for us to bear fruit. If the vine were not there, the branches would not be able to do anything. <laughs> They'll just die, right? 
So God makes it possible for the branches to make fruit, but branches have to do the work of producing fruit. God, so another way to put that is God invites us into the possibilities of creation. God invites us into the possibilities of creation. It's not just God doing all the work of creation, right? When God says, let the earth produce fruit, God isn't just going, oh, okay, let's just make everything happen. Let's just <laughs> produce fruit. And God is doing, so, no, God's way of creation is inviting the earth to produce fruit. So that invitation makes it possible for the earth to produce fruit because before it was just all void and emptiness and nothing could happen. Without the vine, branches can't do anything. But at the same time, the earth does have to produce fruit. If the earth says, nah, not going to happen, God, no go, then there's nothing that's going to happen. God's not going to force it. Do you see that? It's an invitation. God speaks, and the possibility of fruit comes into existence. It's an interesting way to think about it, right? God invites. And by that invitation, possibility happens. Before, there was no possibility. Now, possibility exists, but it's only a possibility. Reality happens by our choice. Do you see that? That partnership, that dance between God and creation? We have a critical part to play in shaping the future, in response to God's invitation, which makes the possibility happen. So when you think about fasting and praying and all that, you can't think about it in terms of like passivity, like all I have to do is move God. So I fast and I pray, and if I can move God, then things will happen. No, it, it's much more interconnected than that. It's, it's God is inviting us into a best possible future constantly. Vine is constantly pushing up the nutrients and inviting the branch to produce fruit. And prayer is listening to that invitation. Prayer is catching that invitation from God, catching that possibility of creation that doesn't exist yet. And, and if you have the room and the heart to really catch that and work for it, pray for it, then, then the fruits come. Then all kinds of wonderful things happen. You know, iPhones come into existence. <laughs> I mean, 2,000 years ago, can you imagine? Like, anybody, like, have the ability to imagine, like, such a thing could even exist? Future possibilities are endless. Jesus says, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Oh, incredible things can happen. Unbelievable, unimaginable things can happen. But this verse has been taken the wrong way so often, like, like this idea that whatever you wish for, it'll be done for you. Uh, 
most people commonly assume what this means is just, well, if you pray the right way and, and like do it the right way, then y- you can pray for anything. And you can have anything happen for you, right? You've heard that in different churches. Has that been your experience? Has that been anyone's experience ever? You know, have you, like, uh, you know, asked for the uh, numbers to mega jackpot, lottery winning numbers? Ask for anything, right? Why can't I have that? But that never happens, does it? Not even St. Peter could get anything, right? That's not how to interpret. And think about this verse, just take it out of the context and just like, you know, take one sentence and just take it and run with it. You can't do that. You have to take the whole passage and understand the the verses in the context of the passage. What Jesus is saying here is that if we remain in God and God remains in us, if we are the branches connected to the vine and the vine is is inviting us to produce fruit and there are all kinds of possibilities that come from that, and if we are catching those invitations to produce fruit, then anything becomes possible. All those possibilities God is inviting us into any of that, it, it becomes possible to produce all that fruit. The earth can produce all those fruits, all those different kinds of trees and all unimaginable number of variety of stuff. It can all happen. But that makes complete sense. I, I mean, it's what God wants anyway. God is inviting you into these possibilities anyway to begin with. And if we are moving into that, then, then anything becomes possible. Right, that makes perfect sense. It's God what wants what God wants anyway to begin with. If you think about it in those terms, it all makes perfect sense. Obviously, fruit will come. So as Jesus teaches, prayer is not, it shouldn't be thought of as we come to God with a list of our requests and desires that that we have to somehow manipulate God into giving to us. It should be more thought of as opening our hearts and souls to God's invitations for what is possible for our future that is our best possible future and trying to catch that and move with it and then seeing good stuff happen. It's not that our desires and requests are bad. It could be from God, and, and we could, it, it's, a, it's a partnership. So we come to God, and we say, well, these are the things we, I want. But what is it that you are speaking, and what is it that you are inviting me into? And, and, and we have conversations, and we move and shape our future according to these conversations. Do, do you see that? It's a beautiful partnership, you know? And that could be, and and I I hope to like tell you more about some of the stories and some of the results I've had from doing that. 
God, um, maybe that's God speaking. <laughs> it's like, yes, boom. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Um, so let's pray again. God, thank you that you are not up there with a hard heart. Just like a mountain. And we have to move you and move you and move you. And we get discouraged because it's so hard to move you. And our prayers don't get answered and we get discouraged. God, thank God that that's not the case. God, thank you that you are the vine and we are the branches. We are intimately connected. You are right here, right now. And that you are speaking to us even now. That your words are coming in, giving life. and making possibilities exist so that unimaginable future could happen for each of us. We pray now for each of us, this will be the start of a season where we can be given visions of the future that's so much better than we could have come up for ourselves. Let your words create possibilities for us Right now, even now, even now, let there be your words that wash over us, giving us encouragement, energy, excitement, that get us out from our lethargy and discouragement and passivity so that we will go and seize some of these possible futures that's good for us. Thank you, God. May it happen. Amen.